Hello and welcome to Locked on Sharks, your daily source for all things San Jose hockey. I'm C. Morley, Managing Editor of SB Nation's Fear the Fen. I'm Kyle and I also was a healthy scratch. Your boy got scratched. So yeah, my sorry. bold prediction was that your taken was going to score his first initial goal. And then Pete was like, no, you're too good through the first three games. We're going to scratch you. <laughs> this game was not as rough as I thought it would be. But yeah, still pretty bad. They like they would play four or five minutes of really good hockey and then come down and Martin Jones would give up a goal. Yeah. Other than the Other than the weird three-on-one where Carlson just passed it to the middle of the ice and then Brent Burns decided to play the shooter for some reason. Other than that one, Martin Jones pretty much let all the other ones in. They were pretty bad. One of them went through him, like literally went right between his arm and his body. He's just like, <laughs> how does it even happen? Just close your arm or something. I want to say it was the the second goal or maybe the first one. It was whichever one that uh, Sissons had an assist on. He just like skated around Kevin LeBanc like it was nothing. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God. Kevin it... LeBanc has played zero defense through four games, <laughs> <laughs> including last week when he let, or last week, last game when Adam Henrique skated by him and he just went, reached out a stick and was like, oh, no, what should I do? Oh, no. And just let him go by him without trying. Yeah. And like, I'm a Kevin LeBanc defender, <laughs> but. That I that one play just keeps like I keep seeing it over and over in my brain. Like that was really bad, really bad moment from LeBanc. But I mean, anyone who has been on this team for longer than a year has not really lived up to expectations <laughs> so no. far. <laughs> no, not not really. Should we talk about the, the one of the well? There's two good spots. I think I think my first bright spot would be that. Sharks look competent for long periods of stretches. Like they definitely outplayed them for a large part of the second period and the end of the first period and a big chunk in the third period. So yes, that's an improvement. They didn't look completely lost for the whole game like that against the Ducks or the Knights. That was yeah. that was nice to see actual like cycles and forechecks and good shots. And Pekka Rene saved three shots, I think, with his face, which isn't going to happen every day. Right. He also Rene also he saved, saved one with his dick too. Yeah, like the tip from Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carlson shoots it, he gets a tip on it, and he's like, okay, this is the power of my grind. Yeah. But I just, yeah, he, he made a lot of good saves. Pekka Randy's also really good at hockey, so it's kind of shitty. But at the same time, yeah, it, they, San Jose's, Timo Meyer had a few shots where normally on any other day they would go in, and it just seems that the big guns are snake bitten. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sort of a similar improvement, uh, is that. They were able to get a lot more shots closer to the net and in the slot. And that's been something that they've struggled with through the first three games. They were taking shots from all over the ice. And then it would be just this big white spot in front of the net. <laughs> and it's like they they weren't getting anything up close in those first three games. And they actually managed to to have a net front presence in this game, which was good. Yeah. And the power play, they finally scored in the power play. And yes. Frank Burns scored a goal. So hopefully things are just slowly falling yes. into place i guess um, and i think i mean this was a really heavily penalized game like it was just penalty after penalty after penalty there for a bit and i think 
in general, the special teams looked better. Like the power play looked better and the penalty kill, I think, was noticeably better, too. Yeah, the power play had actual real chances. There was multiple times where the Sharks got the puck at the dot or below the dot and were taking really good shots and they just weren't going in. The Carlson, the aforementioned Carlson tip job, but it was good. Also, I heard Carlson nutmegged some guy, Craig Smith, just had the blue line. I was really hoping that he would fall down, but yeah, Carlson is a wizard still. It was, it looked more like hockey rather than whatever they did against the Ducks. Yeah, the, absolutely. In the um, yeah. I don't know what nutmegging is. Oh, a nutmeg is in soccer when you put the ball through the guy's legs, the defender's legs, and then okay. go around him. Eric Carlson <laughs> with the blue line spun around, and then Craig Smith was coming in on him, and he just put it between Craig Smith's legs and went back the other way. It was really funny. Shang Peng has a uh, tweeted uh, a gif of it. It's great. It will be used for all future future things. <laughs> it's great. That's beautiful. Uh, my other second bright spot was that mario ferrero is a star god he's so good uh, he's incredible and it uh, he makes me so happy <laughs> he's so good like he's he's jumping up into place he's keeping it at the blue line he's taking hits in the defensive zone he's making the puck he's skating he's just he's doing everything you could possibly want he actually played the fifth fourth fourth most amount of ice time um tonight behind Dylan Burns and Carlson, and then he played like a, almost a full minute more than Vlasic. That mm-hmm. seems kind of maybe by accident, but still, he's getting he's getting ice time on parallel with with the big guys. So well, and that's probably also special teams time because I don't think Vlasic gets as much special teams time as the others. Nope. Vlasic so. plays on the second power play. Yeah, on the it's second the, power play. I yeah, mean, it's Brendan Dylan that doesn't play at all in the power play. That's true. But he led the team in ice time. It's very strange. Yeah, I don't. I don't really understand how Pete deploys his ice time because Barkley Goodrow played like 18 minutes of hockey tonight, or 17 minutes of hockey, and yeah. Couture played 13, and Meyer played 16. So I was just a little confused. Hurdle led the all forwards in ice time with 18, which is normal, I guess. Yeah. Can we talk about? Uh, so this is at five on five uh, score and venue adjusted. Logan Couture had the worst Corsi 4 percentage on the team. Oh, he's it, been bad. It It's real bad. His is at a 39%, which is, that's funny, that's his number. But, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> it, uh, it's Couture, and then Carrick and Vlasic were the, the worst. Poor Carrick. We we shouldn't, RIP to Carrick, but you're, you're not meant to be here. You're yeah. Just, you're just a body placeholder. <laughs> <laughs> Carrick got in a fight, though. He did. And He's played five, six NHL games and he got in a fight for some reason. Yeah, and then Pierre Maguire kept talking about how, like, oh, it, it changed for the Sharks after that fight. And I'm like, okay, buddy, <laughs> like, whatever you gotta tell yourself. Like, it's such a stupid hockey man thing to say, but... I thought it was yeah. Brendan Dillon fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wait a second. I didn't realize he had all that hair. Like, I also nope. didn't realize he wore number 47, which I think was Joachim Ryan's number, was it not? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was very confused. I was like, oh, who is this? And I was like, is that Dylan? There's a four. Yeah. Uh, oh, I still get confused by Dylan Gambrell because he wears seven, which was Paul Martin. <laughs> like, completely oh, different positions. Paul Martin was like, like an old ginger <laughs> elf. <laughs> but still, I see the seven on the ice and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. 
I actually, I actively forget that Dylan Gambrell plays in these games. So I'm like, seven? Who is seven? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, speaking of another ghost, Johnny Brzezinski, I don't know what number he is. Is he like 28 or something weird like that? No, 28 is Meyer. 27? I don't know. I, I don't actually, know what number these guys know. are. I just don't see them. And then they're like, Brzezinski with a shot. I'm like, whoa, who? Yeah. It, the next game is Chicago. It'll, it has potential to be much better. Yeah. That, that, oh, that. definitely. Chicago, Chicago could be the first win should be the first win so it has these first five games were or first four games were quite difficult absolutely see would you like to see the predators when they come to your hometown oh gee kyle i don't know <laughs> what about what about going to the theater oh i do love the theater well why don't you use vivid seats next time vivid seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to writing fans live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime like going to the theater oh yeah doesn't vivid seats have an app they do. And with the app, you get Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. With rewards, statuses ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn from 10% to 16% credit in all their purchases through our app. And every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. That means you can go out to wherever you want to go and you know that your tickets are going to be good and you're not going to get up to the ticket booth and be like, what do you mean these are fake tickets? Because of the 100% guarantee from Vivid Seats. And as a listener of Locked on Sharks, Vivid Seats has an offer for you. Enter the promo code postseason at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That's postseason at checkout with Vivid Seats to receive a discount of up to $100. But I don't think anyone's really listening to us for a recap of that national game because an hour before puck drop, the Sharks signed Patrick Marlowe to a one-year contract. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That, those are all factual statements. <laughs> That's very cordial of you <laughs> because we have, I guess, mixed feelings on this. I think. Oh, also, it was for $700,000, which is like yeah. basically the minimum amount of money that the NHL will let a veteran play for. <laughs> yes. Obviously, the Hurricanes are paying out the buyout of his, what was it, $6.25 million dollar contract that he signed with toronto yeah and so patrick marlowe does like the scrooge mcduck like diving into the money thing yeah <laughs> or like or like what's the gif with like the big black dude like rolling like sleeping on the money just rolling around that's patrick marlowe every night yeah so he obviously is not going to be like hurting for cash <laughs> so he does have uh, a, a thousand kids so maybe like yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> He needs it for college tuitions. Oh, Jesus. But that, I think, is like the one kind of redeeming factor to this is that if you have a league minimum amount committed to this player, fine. It sucks that now the Sharks are literally spending to the ceiling and they're still going to be horseshit. But okay, like it's hard, though, to reconcile that with the fact that like you would have that opinion if he were just going to be a fourth liner even in your bottom six but it's pete DeBoer. <laughs> he's not playing oh, he got one of his Patrick favorite in the bottom six it's not happening so that's no. where i have a lot of frustration with this i i was i was musing before the games uh, musing like i'm like picasso or something um i was musing before the game that the lines will probably be i'm guessing Meyer, Couture, LeBanc, and then Kane, Hurdle, Marlowe, and then Thornton, Carlson, Sorensen, and then the fourth line will be Goodrow flanked by various jabronis. Um, yeah. And I think I think your take and get sent down for 
reasons unbeknownst to me. I think Bergman might, but Bergman played okay and got an assist. I think he might get sent down. I think Bergman stays up. I think it's going to be like Bergman, Gambrell. Goudreau, Melker. Melker's on the third line with Thornton. Oh, did you already? Yeah, okay. Yeah, but Brzezinski will hang around. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I think Gambrell, Gambrell. I, actually, I think you're taken and Gambrell will get sent down now that I think about it. Yeah. Gambrell has been bad. Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what, are we, what are we waiting for from him? I His trade value to somehow go up <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, don't I don't i don't know what we're waiting for there but yeah marlo for sh- and marlo is for sure a thousand percent playing on the power play which to oh, be absolutely. fair doesn't require you to do anything besides shoot the puck and he can still arguably shoot the puck i don't really use that but for everybody that's saying he like sharks need help scoring he had 37 points last year on a far superior leafs team playing with far superior players right like I don't I don't know what you want. He hit the cliff hard last year. I don't know that Patrick Marlowe can keep up with the direction that we want the Sharks to go in because obviously we want the Sharks to start trending faster and more skilled and I don't know if he can keep up even if he can still skate or whatever the excuses are. I just don't know what they are expecting out of a 40-year-old who wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I get the point where everybody's like, yeah, but the kids can still develop in the AHL or they're not doing anything anyway. But, I mean, we don't know what they can turn out. We know what Marlowe is. He's a known quantity. He's this known player at this point. We don't know what a Bergman or a Yurtaken or a True or a Sue Mello can turn out to be. Because we haven't seen them. And they only got three games. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. Out. I don't think that three games is a good enough sample size. It, even... Counting the preseason games, it's still not. I mean, that's the fucking preseason. <laughs> like, you yeah, have to actually cares. give them a legitimate chance. And I don't think any of them other than Gambrell have gotten that. Yeah, Gambrell got the playoff game and had that scored that goal. And he's been around a little bit longer. But yeah, I, I just think. Sh- well, and they've also sh- seen sh- him sh- at the AHL level. True. Whereas these European guys, they haven't necessarily seen True. that. And shame on us for thinking that Pete DeBoer was actually going to play the kids. Right. I know that's <laughs> that was like, our that was our bad. That's the hardest part of all of this is that like it doesn't even seem like there was an effort. I mean the whole <laughs> uh Eric had a really good tweet about like um Wilson asking DeBoer like, okay, how's it going, Pete with the kids? And he's like, Terrible. I had to coach one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's it doesn't feel like a good faith effort was made in actually seeing what these guys can do. All it took was one one person saying, I don't think they're gelling as a team. And they're like, you know what? Yep, you're right. Let's bring back Marlo. There, there has been no gel. Bring back the guy who's been gone for two years. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, who, the, who? The guy who, who very, like, high profile left to go chase a cup with a team that was willing to give him longer term and money. Like, yeah. Company. Yeah. It's funny, too, because people are like, oh, he knows the Shark system. That's great. But who has he played with? He hasn't played really with Meyer at all. He's never played with Kane. He's never played with Hurdle as a center, in theory. He's never played really with Goudreau. Never played with Brzezinski or Eric Carlson or... I think uh, he did play with Dylan. Yeah, um, briefly. But very small, yeah, sample size yeah. on that one. I don't. So, like, really the only people he's played with for an extended period of time is Thornton, obviously. Uh, Logan Couture, Thomas Hurdle as a wing, Vlasic, and a little bit of Brent Burns. That's pretty much I, it. I a little bit of Burns. I mean, but yeah, I, yeah, 
Yeah. (laughs) It's a different team. So he's coming in. He's basically a new guy. Like, yeah, he gets Pete DeBoer's system, I guess. But he's basically just a new member of this team. I don't know. I'm just of the mindset that I would rather take the potential of what an unknown person could be. Yes, they could be bad. They could be worse than Marlowe. It's true. But they could also be better. We don't know. Whereas taking the known quantity that is and it's not even like if it was a known quantity where we know like yeah this person's a solid third liner they're going to replace Sorensen or Melker it's fine but he's not and he's going to play on those those top minutes there's there's I think there's a non-zero chance that Marlowe plays 17 minutes on Thursday against Chicago oh absolutely and you know that he's going to take the roster spot of someone who doesn't lose doesn't deserve to lose their spot to him like like you're taken yep like if he's he was not... replacing if he was replacing Melker, sure, go nuts. Yeah. I get that that would be the best case scenario, I guess. But he's not going to. You know that Melker and Sorensen are going to stay in the lineup. Gaudreau's going to stay in the lineup, even though I like Gaudreau. That's fine. Even if he was taking Gambrell's spot, I wouldn't mind that that much. Like, oh yeah, I think Gambrell's know... arguably the worst player on the team. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like I- I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's like i want to give him the benefit of the doubt just because he is inexperienced but like i've never been really impressed by him and we've talked before about prospects that just cannot make their skill translate to the nhl i think daniel regan was one of those players Uh, gambrell is one of those players Uh, alex nylander is one of those players to me like I honestly thought that Dylan Strom was going to be one of those players, but he seems to be okay in Strom Chicago. Strom and Nylander, so like, and Nylander not... coming to life in Chicago. Yeah. Nylander plays on their top line. Does he really? <laughs> yeah, he actually huh. did like decent after getting traded there somehow. Granted, he's only played like 15 games, but still. Yeah. Uh, I know what you're saying. Like Sometimes it just doesn't work out and you can't make fetch happen. You just yeah. can't. <laughs> just stop yeah. doing it. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I I, I would be okay. Kurtz tweeted after the game that he would see he wants to see Red Deal waived and Gambrell sent down. Not gonna super disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh good. yeah, I forgot about Red Deal. And I agree. I and I you know, I said this in our I think our season preview that like I just think we've seen what we're, we're gonna see of him and he was okay last year, but he was always just okay and he never really stood out to me as a player, and I don't think that he has, you know, time on his side when it comes to like growth as a player so uh, i'm okay with that if he got waived i i wouldn't yeah he has really good like possession and like coursey stats and stuff like that which is weird because he never does anything on the ice that seems to back that up but like i'm not gonna argue with math but he has really good course numbers but at the same time i don't think pete DeBoer trusts him or wants him <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think i think that also factors in so i don't know before Thursday, do you think we see any? Do you think we see a major roster maneuver or like shakeup or like guys, even as simple as like guys being sent down and guys being called up? Um, I don't think so. I think Carrick, uh, like, is going to keep his place in the lineup because, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that fight is it's stupid, but it's one of those things that that the hockey men value or whatever so that's the only spot in the d that would change and then uh, to, be, as as to be fair to carrick he doesn't really play at all anyway yeah yeah Pete basically runs five d men um yeah he <laughs> had Pete. like seven minutes at even strength and um you get that where are power you on time? here 
Oh no, his he had literally no special teams time. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Pete, Pete does a yeah. classic Pete where he runs five defensemen and then wonders why Brent Burns is tired. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and then as far as forwards go, I th- I want to say that I think Gambrell will get sent down. I mean, of the forwards, he had I think the second lowest. No, actually, Bergman and uh, Brzezinski had. Uh, less time on ice than he did but that makes sense because Bergman, Brzezinski and Gambrell were all one line yeah Gambrell well and Gambrell got special teams time whereas none of oh he played penalty three kill three yeah right, right. Mm-hmm. he played penalty kill yeah I think so... I think we could see all three of those guys get sent down well not Brzezinski I guess he can't be sent I down. don't think Bergman will I don't know he's, I honestly... had, he's had the lowest time on ice for like three games in a row now yeah but he's also playing in the bottom uh, like in the fourth line or on the third line for one of the games i think i don't know he hasn't he been... started on the third line in the first game then got battlefield demoted yeah <laughs> to the fourth line i just think i just think pete can easily point to bergman and be like well you can go down and work on defense or something and call somebody else up that's well, just why there's I think also i mean there's been a decent amount of special teams time too and he doesn't see any special teams time so like i don't know yeah but i could i think Gambrell and Radil are probably the ones who are in the hot seat right now. Radil has to be waived. Yeah. So Radil, if Radil gets, if Radil tries to get sent down by Wilson, uh, there's a good chance that somebody picks Radil up. Do you think so like though, FF. really? I mean... I don't know. In-season waiver pickups are more common than those like mad dash get under the cap pickups yeah. because now there's more time to maneuver around yeah. the cap. There's extra, extra moves. So maybe... I think that Doug, if he was going to send down Radil, he would just try to trade him first. Yeah. Uh, obviously, to do his due diligence. Do you think that there's a trade coming soon-ish? Um, well, there's too many defensemen. Once some of these defensemen come back from IR, we've got Dalton Prout and... Simic. Um, Simic and... Middleton will just get straight Middleton sent down. will, yeah, go, he'll get sent down. But regardless, it's still going to be too many defensemen, I think when you see you know some of them it just feels like they're kind of cardboard cutouts of each other <laughs> like between I, like i think honestly this when they're all back he's gone <laughs> yeah yeah i i think so i i think he'd likely has the highest trade value other than maybe and we talked about this a little bit in a slack earlier but maybe vlasic would actually have the highest trade value of players that they would realistically trade uh, if we're going way out of left field Brent Burns <laughs> has the highest trade value yeah. that they could possibly unload somewhere, but that's going to be in the panic button. Like absolutely. Yeah, Burns and... There's like the Patrick Marlowe panic button. And then like under three more locks is the <laughs> trade Brent Burns panic button. Yeah. And neither, <laughs> neither of us are saying that Brent Burns is going to be traded or we no, want him to be traded. No. Burns and Carlson are going anywhere. And 99.5% chance that Vlasic would never go anywhere. Mostly because right. he has a do not trade clause. So I think I mused after the game that DW would move one of the established D-men for winger help because that would, A, give them forward depth and more like high-end skill and also free up a spot for Farrow to stay in the lineup. If you put two and two together, Farrow's a lefty. Somebody makes four and a half million dollars and is a free agent soon. That's Brendan Dillon. See you later. I think that's the move we would see is Brendan yeah. Dillon. Acts. Yeah. <sighs> Which I would hate to see. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think he's improved enough over the last couple of years that 
I don't know. I'm not, I don't have any reason to be critical of Brendan Dillon at this point anymore. So I would rather get some rid of someone who either is not going to ever get utilized in the way they should, which is Tim Heed, or someone who is clearly on the decline, which would be classic. Yeah. The problem is that Dylan provides you value, whereas Tim Heed doesn't, right? You're getting you're getting a pick for Tim Heed. You're getting an actual real breathing NHL player for Brendan Dillon. I don't know. Sure. I'm not I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying that's that's a move that that's a very Doug Wilson move mm-hmm. is to is to uh, do that kind of move, and I think the emergence of Ferraro would be the only reason why it would be considered. Well, and you look at what it took to acquire Brendan Dillon, which was giving up Jason Demers, and this is Brendan only Dillon, this, is, this is only really important for you. <laughs> well, like, Jason Demers is a good player. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I think Dillon has only gotten better since then. So, granted, he's also gotten older, but I think that. That's still a decent comparable to look at what you could get from trading Brendan Dillon. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think something's gonna happen. Something's got to give if they, especially if they continue to spiral. If they don't, maybe nothing happens. But if they, it continues to spiral, I think we might see one of our our friends be gone. <laughs> oh, stop trading Logan Couture's friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he always plays like shit in the first game after someone gets traded. So <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> oh, did somebody get traded before the season? Because he has been shit. <laughs> well, Justin Braun. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, tinfoil hat. Everyone sucks because of Justin Braun leaving. <laughs> yes, he was, the, he, was the, he was like, you know when you're like learning about old Roman architecture and you learn about the keystone block? Oh, like holds God. everything up together. That Justin Braun was, Braun was the keystone of the arch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh if you want to follow the podcast on twitter we are at locked on sharks um you can get a hold of us at locked on sharks at gmail.com we want to say thank you real quick to the honey wilders for letting us use their song idle wild as our intro and outro you can find them on twitter and facebook all the social media you want you can also give them a, a stream a little listen on spotify uh, if you want to follow kyle on twitter he is at kyle demetrius if you want to follow C on the Twitter machine, it's now you see me. Uh, spelled S I E, just like their name. I love making you spell that out every every day. <laughs> well, if I do it, somebody's gonna be like, "I can't find you," or like, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's, it's like a natural reflex now. I wonder if it's spelled like the movie actually is the movie's Twitter account. I should look now, it up. Now you see me. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that movie has okay. a Twitter account? Uh, a lot of movies do. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Kyle, do you have any final thoughts? Patty's back. <laughs> <laughs>